Okay, so I'm a believer in Jesus Christ who struggles with mental illness, alcohol, and prescription drug abuse. And my name is Donna. Thank you. I accepted Jesus as my personal savior when I was five years old after memorizing John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. All I could understand was I didn't want to die, so I asked Jesus into my heart. I am the youngest with two older brothers and my family went to church every Sunday. When I was six, mom and dad joined a mission organization and we moved from our home in Florida near grandparents and friends to North Carolina and then on to Mexico where we began training for the mission field. We spent three months in southern Mexico for a jungle survival training before moving to Guatemala in Central America where I grew up from third through ninth grades. The summer before sixth grade, my parents and I went to camp for an annual mission conference One afternoon, uh, after a day of fun and games, I was struck with the idea that maybe everybody was just so happy, just believing in the same thing to make them feel better, that it was all just a good story, this Christianity. The idea frightened me, and I went to my cabin to be alone. I prayed for God to show me a sign that it was all true, that God is real, that Jesus is his son, that he died on the cross and rose again to save me. I was on my bunk and looked out the window to see one lonely yellow flower in a sea of grass. I remembered the story of Gideon and his fleece, and I asked Jesus to simply make more flowers with that single flower in the morning when I woke up. That night I went to sleep, and when I awoke the next morning, I got up, went to breakfast, and to help in the nursery. I remembered my prayer and told the other helpers I needed to go back to my cabin for something important. I climbed up on my bunk to look down to the flower I had prayed over, and there was still only the one flower. I was saddened that God hadn't answered, but I heard a small voice say, go look closer. So I got down and went and looked closer. There covering the ground were hundreds of little purple flowers all around the single yellow flower. God heard me and cared enough to answer my prayer in a way I could understand and believe. I was on fire for the Lord the rest of that summer. In my sixth grade school year, I told everyone I could about Jesus. Life was an adventure for us, and it got pretty stressful a lot of the time, especially for mom. But God was always faithful, and we always had all we needed. We had our share of illness, but mostly we enjoyed good health. Living in Guatemala through a terrible earthquake, which devastated many villages and killed and injured thousands in the countryside in 1976. It was after that earthquake in ninth grade that I began to struggle with depression while attending a boarding school for missionary children in a town four hours away from home. My brothers had moved back to the States to Oklahoma City for high school, and mom and dad and I returned to the U.S. in in 1977 for my sophomore year of high school in Dallas, Texas. Talk about culture shock. I spent that year of high school doing well to find my classes in a school of 3,000 after being used to a school of 60 students ranging from first through ninth grades in the mountains of Guatemala. I felt pretty out of place and disconnected through my high school years, but I found friends with other missionary kids, annual staff, and Spanish clubs. After graduation from high school, I knew I wanted to study art, so I went to art school in Dallas where I finally found I belonged. I excelled in my art studies and enjoyed spending time with friends, clubbing and experimenting with recreational drugs. I never considered myself as having a drinking or 
drugging problem. It was just always fun with friends and only on the weekends and Wednesday happy hour. I had stopped going to church and had become very driven in my career. I worked hard to achieve success in school and in my work as an illustrator. After illustrating two children's books, I was invited to return to Guatemala to serve, working as a publications artist in the print shop. I had begun to attend church again, and I shared with church friends and family about this opportunity and raised my financial support. This was something I had dreamt of doing since returning to the U.S., and everything fell into place. I returned to Guatemala and began working in the capital city where I felt like I was back at home. My missionary co-worker in the print shop told me about the government and military corruption, civil war, persecution of the church and the poor in the mountain villages where they lived and worked. I was very moved for the welfare of the people of Guatemala. So much hardship for so many people in that beautiful land. After living and working there almost two years, my financial support had fallen short and I learned that my field of graphic arts was moving to digital and, graphic and computer graphics, so I decided to return to Dallas to keep up with the new technologies. I returned to my church, found work in Dallas, and life was good. After working for a while, I had the opportunity to travel to Europe for a three-and-a-half-week vacation with two of my girlfriends. We enjoyed traveling through Spain, France, parting ways in Venice, Italy, and I ventured down to Rome by myself where I fulfilled a dream of seeing Michelangelo's painting of the Sistine Chapel. I made a poor choice of going out with a man I met selling art on the Spanish steps, resulting in date rape, trapped in his car on a dark overlook of the Vatican. I feared for my life and I thank God for getting me back to my hotel that night. I had become very involved with, human right, with a human rights organization in Dallas, working for the release of prisoners of conscience around the world. Civil war disappearances and corruption were a huge part of life for the people of Central America, and I was invited to attend the regional conference where the focus was on the death penalty and the abuse and torture of street children by police in Guatemala. Horrific images and victims were on display and they shocked and haunted me. Not long afterward, I woke up one morning in a daze. I got up, wandered around the house feeling literally lost, and I suddenly broke from reality, experiencing powerful hallucinations and paralyzing terror. A friend happened to stop by and found me in that state, and then one of my roommates just happened to come home for lunch that day. After calling my mom and my doctor, they were instructed to take me to the emergency entrance of a psychiatric hospital. The slamming doors and dark hallways of that place magnified my terror. I was confined there for 30 days where I was medicated, diagnosed with a psychiatric disorder, and regained my senses. Over the course of three years, I was in and out of psychiatric hospitals dealing with my disorder and desperation. As I recovered over several months and continued what would turn into years of therapy, I met a man who I dated and soon married. We enjoyed spending time together, drinking and drinking beer, smoking cigarettes, cooking out, watching football on his color TV, and vacationing on the Texas coast. Life seemed pretty good for us, and the marriage began happily, and we went to church together for a time, but it soon became increasingly unhealthy, and I began to habitually mix beer and whiskey with overdoses of my prescriptions to escape and lose consciousness. I was going to church on Sunday to see my brother's family and for the worship service, but I had let my husband take the place of God in my life. I attended my scheduled therapy appointments and doctor appointments, took my medications, and then Friday and Saturday I spent with my husband drinking and secretly overdosing on my prescriptions to blackout. 
Our marriage began to disintegrate under financial and emotional strain, and my husband told me he wanted out. I fought for our marriage for two years, attending Al-Anon, excuse me, which led me through the doors of AA, where I found other people like me, people who knew personally the pain in my heart for the first time in my life. Sobriety and sanity became my priority, all the while praying for my husband to find recovery and for our marriage to be restored. In AA, I was introduced to the concepts of surrender, acceptance, courage, and serenity. I found a lady I heard talking about Jesus to someone at my AA meeting, and I asked her to be my sponsor. She led me through my first step study with Jesus Christ as my higher power. I discovered the freedom of making it to the other side of a searching and fearless moral inventory and admitting the exact nature of my wrongs to God, myself, and to another human being. I had adopted AA as my spiritual family until my sponsor told me she was moving away. She told me about a Bible study she attended and I asked her if I could go with her. I knew I needed fellowship with other Christians and I began to relearn the truths of God's word little by little, the truths I'd been taught as a child at boarding school on the mission field, and my sobriety grew with each passing day. My sponsor moved away after I had attended church with her for a few weeks, and the woman leading the Bible study we attended invited me to celebrate recovery. She became my new sponsor. I had begun to reach out, and I was seeking to grow stronger with my Savior, Jesus Christ, but my husband was drifting further and further away from me. I asked him pleadingly if there was any way for us to work things out, and he told me it was too late. After 10 years of marriage, we divorced. He was elated, and I was devastated. Just weeks after our divorce, I looked in my refrigerator and spotted one little Bud Light can in the bottom back corner. I had 16 months of sobriety and I thought, oh, it's okay, I can drink this. Suddenly I got all my prescriptions out of the cabinet, one after another, taking everything I had, even my dog's medicine for his heart and seizure conditions. My depression over the loss of our marriage, the rejection and worthlessness I felt overwhelmed me and I truly did not care if I woke up the next day. I got into bed and went to sleep. The next morning, my sweet dog, Max, woke me up with his loud, insistent barking. I got up, got dressed, and somehow drove to work, only hitting the curb once. Shortly after arriving at the office, I told my friend I had taken a bunch of pills the night before, but not to tell anyone, and I felt weak, so I went into my boss and told her what I'd done to ask if I could go home. She immediately made phone calls, and before I knew it, my friend was taking me to the ER. There I was again, back in a psychiatric hospital after 10 years out. My second day there, I suffered a seizure and landed in the ICU for 24 hours, followed by a 30-day stay in the depression ward and two weeks at the day hospital. I had hit rock bottom. Friends from AA had visited the hospital the day I was admitted, and mom and dad, my friends from work, and new friends from Celebrate Recovery had visited me whenever the doors were open for visitors. Returning home, I was informed I had lost my job but my new community gave me hope for life, and I immediately asked to join the next CR step study and picked up a desire chip. I knew Jesus was the one thing I needed, and oh, how I needed him. Psalm 42, one and two says, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. My first step study at Celebrate Recovery helped me renew my journey into sobriety. I followed it with a second one where I began to find real hope and community where I belonged and felt loved and valued. God has been faithfully leading me through this life he's breathed into my lungs as I keep learning what it means to follow him. 
Through the love and healing I have found in Jesus, my forever friends and family celebrate recovery and Bible study. God has restored me from my devastating struggle with alcoholism, mental illness, suicidal thinking, and abusing my prescriptions. He walked with me through my year-long battle with breast cancer, surgeries, chemo, and radiation with a loving, supportive community in 2007. In 2010, I moved to Oklahoma to be closer to my aging parents, and Jesus walked with me through the grief of losing my mother to Parkinson's disease in 2012. When I moved to Tulsa, I did a search for Celebrate Recovery and found Southern Hills Baptist Church just up the street from my apartment. I immediately began to serve with the greeting team on Friday nights, finding a new community of friends. I've served on the takedown team, barbecue team, cafe recovery, co-led an open share group, and I've been blessed to co-lead two-step studies with precious women I've come to love, my sisters in Christ. By the grace of God, I celebrate 19 years of sobriety from suicidal thinking and prescription drugs. God has faithfully walked with me through joblessness and financial crisis to a good steady job he provided for me. He's given me the ability and opportunity to create pencil and watercolor portraits of beloved people and pets, and he's allowing me to care for three rescued shelter dogs and two cats in my home and transport scores of shelter pets to other rescues, fosters and adopters in other parts of the country. I still take medication for my mental health and occasionally experience symptoms, but I have found peace in life with Jesus, his love for me through my family, friends, and CR. When my cancer came back this year, I experienced so much love and support from my friends and my Celebrate Recovery family, helping me with meals and doctor appointments. After a successful surgery, I am cancer-free again. Praise God. God has restored my sense of value by getting my eyes off me to see others to love and share life with. I have found forgiveness for all my failings and healing from depression and hopelessness so I can forgive those who have hurt me and make amends to those I've harmed. I have found hope in the love of God and his view of me through Jesus, my Savior. Isaiah 40, 31 says, Those who hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as with eagles' wings. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. God has been faithful to lift me up out of my darkness, no matter how deep it got. And I have found the truth in Scripture that when I am weak, he is strong. Jesus will always be there for you too, no matter what you're going through. And his love and grace will never run out, and that's a promise. Thanks for letting me share.